Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Butcher. Terrific. Now, we are recording a few days later than normal uh, this week because Dave had a funeral he had to attend to, which is a pretty good excuse for being a little bit late, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry. We have a great episode for everyone this week. Uh, this is our this is our uh, Lions Part 2, and we are going to be covering some conservation stuff, and we're going to talk about lions in pop culture, as well as some famous man-eating lions. And Dave, you have not seen The Lion King yet, have you? The, 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 non, the non-animated, or yeah, the computer-generated one. No, I yeah, have not. You have not. You were gone. But yeah, I have, I've seen it, so we, I'll go over, I'll do a little review of it okay when we get later later on in the episode let uh, me I, I bet i could guess how it goes but, uh. yeah i'm sure you fit it <laughs> almost 100 percent actually <laughs> uh we hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode where we learned a whole lot of interesting things about lions it was a it was a very good informative episode yeah i thought as always we are joined in the studio by everybody's favorite cheetah colonel cheetor everybody Man, I hate lions. Those greedy bastards are always stealing my gazelles. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cheetah. I know yeah. you've got a thing against lions, and they are known for stealing lots of cheetah's food. Maybe that's where all his hatred towards me comes from, too. Well, both of us, so... Just takes it off on everybody else <laughs> except the lions. Yeah, well, he physically cannot take it on them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to us. We've been doing pretty well. Uh, that's, that's, so thank you for that. Uh, if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. The ratings and reviews really do help our podcast gain more attention, gain more listeners. Uh, and it means a whole lot more than you think. So please go ahead and do that for us. But Dave, what do you say we get going? Let's do it. We have a lot of things to cover today. This was this was a tough one to put together. Mm. But so first, we are going to talk about some conservation stuff, and there's a whole lot to cover here. And we're not going to be able to cover everything though. Uh, we mentioned last week that uh, on our conservation table, the lions they sit at a five, meaning vulnerable, right? Okay. And then the Indian lion is actually at a four, meaning endangered. And they only have about hundred or six six hundred and fifty lions in mm. India. Now in Africa things are different, as populations are kind of they're really scattered throughout the continent. But in West Africa, populations are very low. Only about four hundred lions currently live in Western Africa, hmm. making this population critically endangered itself. Good, screw lions. Quiet back there, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That was unexpected of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, most lions live in East and Southern Africa, and the numbers are decreasing and have been for quite a while. In the second half of the 1900s, populations fell by 30 to 50%. Wow. Yeah. And by around 1900, there was believed to be 200,000 lions in the world. Today, there are estimated to be anywhere, estimates were everywhere. From oh, like, really? It's anywhere from 15,000 to 35,000. Wow. Well, that's still a huge decrease. That's a big, yeah, that's a huge decrease. Yeah. And the reasons for this big drop are mostly contributed to humans, loss of land and hunting, um, other factors like disease do play a role, but it's mostly humans. Hmm. So wild populations are kind of in trouble as of now. And there are, there are, however, several protected areas for lions. These protected areas have healthy lion populations. One of these, one such place is Kruger National Park, yeah. which we actually almost did. We all, I almost put this ahead of lion or Kruger ahead of lions on my list, yeah. but I just was like, no, we're doing lions. And so okay. now Kruger's still in the books, but I don't know when we're going to cover it. Yes. Yeah, Kruger's like the uh, African Yellowstone. Yeah, right? it really is. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And I, I know there's so much more to this, but I actually want to go into a story real quick. This is kind of a well-known story, and it's about Cecil the Lion. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, that's the one they hunted, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. it's the one you're thinking of. Okay. So Cecil was a male lion who lived in Hwanji National Park. I think that's how you say it. 
uh, in Zimbabwe. He was a major attraction at the park. Oh, and that's another thing. Uh, these national parks, there can be a lot of tourism, and these tourists come to see lions, you know, and other wildlife. That's yeah. why you go on a safari, is to see all the cool animals. Yeah. But uh, Cecil was born in 2002, and he has an interesting story. Scientists studied his behavior all his life, and he was the best-known animal in the park. Huh. In 2009, Cecil established his own pride, which consisted of 22 lions, including cubs. What did we, what did we say the average was? Do you remember? It was anywhere from, the average was 15. Okay, seemed so seemed to be one. about the average, one. so this one's a little bit above. Okay. But it could be as little as five or six. Oh, wow. Okay. And it, it just depends. But 15 is where is, we said the average was. Okay. So in 2009, yeah, he had his own pride. But in 2013, Cecil was defeated by two younger male lions and driven out of the territory. He then formed a coalition with another male lion named Jericho. Oh, nice. Not Chris Jericho, the wrestler, but (laughs) just Jericho. (laughs) Well, ironically enough, Chris Jericho used to go by Lionheart Chris Jericho. Wow, hey. And some of his moves were called, it was the Lion Salt, and and then he had the Lion Tamer, which was his Ah. submission move. So yeah, interesting uh, correlation there. Yeah. Anyway, I get excited when I can uh, talk about wrestling. (laughs) uh, I'm sure a lot of people know that by now. Anyway, Cecil and Jericho were able to form their own pride with six females and a, uh, set lots of cubs and all sired by them. Hmm. So, yeah, they went on to build their... Yeah, even if you get one, kicked right? out, yeah, you can build another one. Wow. And Cecil was easily identifi- uh, identifiable in the park by his really dark black mane. He was a good-looking lion. And he had also had a GPS tracking collar on, so you could tell by that as oh, well. okay. So he was part of a study by the Wildlife Conservation Research Unit, and they've been around since uh, 1999, um, and uh, they've been keeping track of all a lot of these lions in this area. And uh, since they started, 60, they tagged 62 lions in the early part of the study, and 34 have died and of these 34, 24 died from trophy hunting. Oh, wow. Of adult male lions that were tagged, 72% were killed by trophy sport hunting. Hmm. So this that's what we're talking about, uh, trophy sport hunting. And it is a big, it is pretty big in Africa, especially when it comes to the big five animals. Have you ever heard that term? Yeah. The big five? Yeah. So the big five are elephants, rhino, buffalo, leopard, and lions. They're the most sought after uh, animals in Africa. And trophy hunting is really weird to, and I'll, I'll touch on it as we get going here, but it's, it's like, I get it, but I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's good and there's bad. There's a lot of, if. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's sides touchy subject to each. Too. Yeah. I mean, you can see both sides. It's just a matter of, you there's know, people a lot of things, have, huh? a, have, you know, people trying to make a moral side, stand on it and yeah. figure it out. And we'll go over a little bit more about that. But Cecil was so popular because he was accustomed to people and would tolerate them getting as close to 30 feet away. Wow. Making it easy for tourists and researchers to photograph and observe him. And he was uh, he was pretty beloved by everyone who saw him, too. Okay. Everyone really liked him. You know, if you see a, a really big male lion that close, you can be like, oh, that's my favorite animal now. <laughs> and that's what happened a lot of the times. But now let's go to, I think it happens July of 2015, and let's meet a Dr. Walter J. Palmer. He is an American dentist and recreational game hunter from Minnesota, but he lives in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He reportedly paid uh, $50,000 to a professional hunting guide. To enable him to kill a lion. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of money, huh? That sounds black marketish, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we're going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> so don't worry. Um, Walter 
the guide and a tracker go out hunting for a lion between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Walter is using a bow, just a bow. Wow. And he actually shot and wounded Cecil with, with, with one of his arrows. They then tracked him and killed Cecil the next morning about 10 hours later. Hmm. So he killed Cecil with his bow. Wow. Uh, he was shot just outside the National Park, and Cecil's body was then skinned and head removed. But, I mean, that's actually pretty common. Yeah. That's... You're uh, taking it for a trophy. Yeah, taking it for a trophy. It sounds really gruesome and bad, but that that's kind of... That's part of trophy well, hunting. That's dead. the trophy. Yeah. It's dead. It's not like he cares. But uh, the professional hunter who took Walter out said later that, and I quote, we had obtained the permit for... For bow hunting, we had obtained the permit from the council. So he's saying that they... It was all legit, legal. Yes. Now, Dave, I don't know if you remember, but there was a lot of backlash yeah. and outrage mm-hmm. about the death of Cecil. And it was funny because I was just talking to your daughter and I told, was telling her about Cecil. She's like, oh, yeah, I have a stuffed animal named Cecil. Oh. So maybe, I don't know if it was before or after that, but it just tells you that name, Cecil. Yeah. Means something, and it was really big on social media too. This prompted responses from politicians, outrage from animal activists, and then uh, add a number of celebrities to yeah. condemning it too. Uh, Walter received received a large number of hate messages, as you can imagine, and many death threats. I think he, I think he actually posted a picture on Facebook or something. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But, I wonder if he got the trophy because you remember hearing that story of uh, that uh, I think it was a dentist pulling the tooth out of the lion and then he was all better because he was roaring because he had a bad toothache. Uh, is that, that's <laughs> like a child story, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he got it for that so he could say, "Yeah, I was the dentist that pulled the tooth out from that right there." Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. then I killed him. <laughs> yeah, but you know what really stuns me is that you. You have a tour guide doing these things for you. You're not just all of a sudden... A local tour guide. Yeah, it's not just some guy that doesn't know absolutely anything going out there and just kill, hunting whatever. It's They have a, a local tour guide who knows the area, and since Cecil was so famous, you think he would have known. Yeah. You know, he's got the collar and everything. Exactly. He would have said, oh, no, don't get that one, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a little bit to that as well. Oh, is there? Okay. So, um, but I was saying... Uh, a lot of people hated this guy now, and uh, activists posted his private details online. Oh, and no. the words "lion killer" were um, spray painted on the his garage door of his home in oh, Florida. Gee. I'm not. A, I don't like that part of yeah, it. Yeah, it gets crazy. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? I, I think it was it was uh, red too, so they made it look like blood. Obviously, yeah, oh, let it run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the killing of Cecil sparked a discussion among the conservation organizations about the ethics of big game hunting and a proposal for bills banning uh, imports of lion trophies to the U.S. and Europe. Actually, many airlines banned the transport of hunting trophies, including American, Delta, and United. Those are pretty much the main airlines Mm. here in the U.S., and so after a big thing like this, everyone starts reacting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, social media reaction was obviously negative and resulted in close to 1.2 million people signing an online petition called the Justice for Cecil, which asks Zimbabwe's government to stop issuing hunting permits for these lions. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. I don't have a problem with that. Jimmy Kimmel helped raise 150000 in donations in less than 24 hours to give to the Wildlife Conservation Research Unit. Hmm. Uh, they, uh, these weren't the only effects, though, the death of Cecil had. After he died, many people canceled their safaris to the area, ca- uh, causing a decrease in tourism, which means a decrease in money flow. Mm-hmm. They were saying that uh, uh, Cecil brought in way more than $50,000 a year uh, just by being alive in there. So there's this whole aspect to throw in as well. Okay. But let's get a word from Walter himself. Okay. 
This is it's a long quote, but he says, "I was in Zimbabwe on a bow hunting trip for big game. I hired several professional guides, and they secured all proper permits." To my knowledge, everything about this trip was legal and properly handled and conducted. I had no idea that the lion I took was a known favorite and was collared and part of a study until uh, the end of the hunt. I relied on the expertise of my local professional guides to ensure a legal hunt. I deeply regret that my pursuit of an activity I love and practice responsibly and legally resulted in the taking of this lion. Mm. So is what he says true, and he really didn't know? I don't know. I can't tell you. There was there was some discussion made that possibly he slipped the hunt, the other the um, guides more money so he could hunt Cecil himself. Oh. But that's not confirmed by any means. Okay. That's just a rumor. Yeah. Um, Walter went back home. Uh, and the Zimbabwean government said he had shown the proper documentation to hunt Cecil. So he was never charged with any crime. Okay. He was even allowed to, he's, he is even allowed to go back to Zimbabwe, but only as a tourist, not a hunter. <laughs> this story sparked lots of debates about trophy hunting. It, it's a, like I said, it's a very complicated situation where you, you have to look both sides. Yeah. Know? And sometimes trophy hunting is not all good, and it's also not all bad. It really just depends on how the hunting is managed. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Scientists recommend strict enforcement of uh, with low quotas and only allow the hunting of older lions. Yeah, and technically Cecil was an older lion, and yeah. he was he was thirteen. Yeah, but he was still leader of the pride at that time. So okay. It's yeah, it, yeah. I think it it just it does what those kind of things do. It sparks the discussion. Yeah, is this which is fine. is this right or is it wrong? And you can see both sides, but you got to be careful when you start to get uh, too far one way. Yeah, you become a zealot in either direction. You yeah, gotta just I agree. be understanding. Come up with a compromise, you know, which I think they did. You know, when you see lions population decreasing like that, then you can say, well, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be having. That much discussion. Well, it's a, it's, or I mean, not that much discussion. That much, that many permits put into place. Yeah, know? exactly. So there's a lot. There's so much to it. And it's all based in you know all these African countries. A lot of corruption. Yeah, yeah. So um, one report by the Democratic staff of the U.S. House Committee on Natural Resources found that there is little evidence to show that trophy hunting the fees that they help actually help conservation, particularly in nations known for corruption, which yeah. is okay. Well, that would, that would be a catch 22 if they were used, used for conservation because they're doing the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what the money's supposed to do for these trophy hunting. It's all supposed to go in back into the park. Well, if it's done legally, if, yeah. if that's true though, then it does sound like what you're doing is immoral. It's like saying, Oh, I'm going to, it, it doesn't make sense. You're you're trying to repair something that you're doing, which means maybe you shouldn't be doing it. You know? Yeah. There's I don't know. There's a lot of things to it. <laughs> it's like saying, I, I I guess it's like you know cutting. It's almost like cutting down a tree and planting another. But I mean that that one seems okay. But it's a little different when you've got a, a mammal. You're Living, doing that to a mammal. Yeah. yeah. It's just. I mean, so it could be good and fun conservation in the right hands. It's a complicated switch situation that I just don't have an answer for. Yeah. But here is something. Here's another thing. And I'm definitely not a fan of this. And it, it really is a thing. It's a trophy hunting on captive lions. What? Yeah. There was a documentary made in 2015 called Blood Lions about canned hunting in South Africa. Where so so say like a hunter will pay fifty grand or however many thousand dollars to hunt and kill a lion that was kept in captivity its whole life, <laughs> making it super easy to kill. It's like a trout farm, but <laughs> yeah. And often hunters don't know that they were captive. They oh, they think they're hunting okay. a wild lion, but now all these hunters that get a lion are going home happy and spending more money, telling their friends and bringing more in. Oh, Is that it's a yeah, circle. That's. Yeah. But this film kind of, uh, I, I haven't seen it. I'd like to, though. But uh, this the documentary went over a lot of this these issues. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, 
that that would suck, huh? Yeah, I, I'm sure, and I'm not a fan of that. And I'm sure most of these hunters wouldn't be either if they found out. Yeah, like you just gave me a, a, a retard lion. It doesn't in the wild. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't know what he's doing. And most Plus hunters it give it aren't, a, don't it, think that's cool. Then you can also argue, hey, that's a horrible life to give a lion. You know, raise it in some farm or whatever for yeah until it gets to an age. It means you're I mean, I don't like, know what happens. Treating it horribly, it doesn't get to live a life its way. You know. Have a good life and then go. I don't, yeah. Well, I guess that's part of the discussion. Yeah, it's, it's all part of the discussion. And I don't have an answer. There is a bit of good news, though. After Cecil died, his partner, Jericho, took over the pride. Mm. And remember, when a lion dies, the new lion will often kill the old lion's cubs. Oh, Jericho, yeah. however, did not do this. Oh, wow. And he actually helped in protecting all of Cecil's existing cubs. Wow. Wouldn't that be a cool movie if all of a sudden it's Jericho's revenge? Jer- he, and he, he goes, goes after... down the dentist <laughs> <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> From Minnesota. <laughs> uh, but um, then another thing, Jericho was found, uh, he was found dead. He, he died of natural causes about a year later. Oh, and I don't know anything about the pride since then. I, hopefully, the cubs were able to grow up, and yeah. some hopefully some good new males came looking after the pride. Yeah, I don't know. So the conservation and hunting of lions is a different topic to cover. That's why I I told this story so the listeners can kind of draw their own conclusion. Yeah, and I do know that conservation is important, and lion numbers do continue to go down. <coughs> <clears throat> and that is not a good thing. Hopefully, we can figure something out soon to help them all. Yeah. So it's like, but it is. It's a really tough, complicated issue. It is. Yeah. And there's only a certain area they are. You know, yeah. Africa, and then they got those in, in uh, India. In, uh, there used India, to be a lot yeah. more places. Yeah, Turkey and Middle East. Middle right? East. All right. So, Dave, let's transition now. Uh, I want to kind of follow our normal formula that we do. And let's go over some kind of random line facts that I may have missed on last week's episode. Okay. Remember, it's kind of a bullet point. Oh. Uh, The average lifespan of a lion is around 12 to 15 years old. And male or uh, males or sorry, females can normally live a little bit longer. Cecil, like I said, Cecil was actually 13. And Jericho was also believed to be 13, so they were... That's pretty old, yeah. Yeah, they were right there. And thir- around 13 to 15, it seems to be the average for a lot of these predators that we've covered. Um, especially, like, big cats. This is pretty much the average for them all. Okay. And lions are the only big cat to have a tesselled tail, which means it just has longer hair on the end of its tail. Okay. Uh, only about one in eight male lions survive to adulthood. The life of a male lion is not easy, as we went over a lot last week. Yeah. So since tiger bones are becoming scarcer, poachers are uh, turning to lions to supply bones to the uh, very intense demands of the traditional medicine in Asia. Uh. That's one thing we may need to talk about sometime in long form is poaching and yeah. the traditional medicine trade in Asia. I just don't know much about it other than, well, I, I think it's bogus and shitty, mm. but we may have to cover that in more detail another time. Okay. So lions can see six times better in the dark than a human, and they mostly hunt at night, but still um, often hunt during the day, depending on how hot it is outside. And a lion's bite is around 700 PSI, which is very strong. Not the strongest, though. Dave, which big cat has the strongest bite? The jaguar. Very good. But do you remember where the jaguars was at? I don't. Like 2,000. Oh, was it really? So it's more than double a lion's. Isn't that? That's crazy, huh? Yeah. All right. So uh, a liger, uh, Napoleon Dynamite's favorite animal, is a male lion with a female tiger. So then you have... Uh, Pretty much the coolest animal ever made. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. <laughs> and then a male tiger and a female lion is called a tigon. Interesting. So now get this. A female lion with a male jaguar is a jagulion. It's happened oh. before somebody read this. Crazy. A female lion with a male leopard is called a leopon. A leopon. <laughs> nice. And all... 
all all these are from captive breeding. This doesn't happen in the wild. Mm. I mean, it, it probably has before, honestly. Like, sometime, but it does not happen often. Weird. Like most big cats, their claws are protractable, not retractable. Hmm. Which means uh, when it's at rest, the claws are sheathed. Uh, this helps protect their claws and keep them sharp. Claws are about three inches long, too. Wow. Yeah. That's um, pretty long. Two, three. Damn. And what's this one on? The, this is the lion. Oh, the lion. Okay. Yeah, about that long. Gee. Uh, lions also have special tongues that are like sandpaper that helps peel away flesh. Ugh. So, like, if a lion gave you several licks in the same spot, it would start bleeding. Oh, gee. Come here, give me a kiss. Ow! <laughs> uh, in Swahili, the lion, uh, the name for lion is Simba. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty simple, huh? Well, that kind of brings a new light with the Lion King. Hey, lion. Simba. Come over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So now, Dave, we are going to move to our next segment about lions in culture and pop culture. And there is so much here. I really had to condense things. Lions might be in culture more than any other animal in history. Like, they're, it makes sense that they would be, but they really are. Uh, they're very iconic animals in general all around yeah. the world. So there's so much about them. And I'll talk about them in kind of older times and their part in cultures, then more to modern times, and we will go over some films as well. Okay. So in ancient Egypt, lions were portrayed as war deities. Uh, the Sphinx is uh, a figure with a lion's body and the head of a human. Hmm. And this represented a king or deity who had taken on this protective role protect ancient Egypt, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, cultural views of the lion varies by region. In some cultures, the lion symbolizes power and royalty. In others, the lion is associated with healing and is regarded as a link to the supernatural. Interesting. In other er areas, the lion is the symbol of laziness. <laughs> so there's yeah. there's a huge spectrum. I'd say most of the time it's for uh, power and loyalty, but yeah. there's a few cultures that say it's, they're just lazy ass animals. Well, they are. <laughs> they, yeah, you're right. They uh, are. They sleep like twenty so, hours um, a day. Yeah. Uh, lions are frequently mentioned in the Bible, notably uh, the Book of Daniel, in which Daniel, the hero of the story, refuses to worship King Darius. Is that? Yep. And well, it, I don't, it was his god, Darius' god. Okay. Yeah. And is forced to sleep in the lion's den where he is miraculously unharmed. Yeah. Is there anything else to add to that? Did I get it? No, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's the gist. Yeah. Uh, and lions are also in the book of Revelation. Uh, a lion, an ox, a man, and an eagle are seen on a heavenly throne in John's vision. The early uh, Christian church used this image to symbolize the four Gospels. Hmm. The lion being the Gospel of Mark. Okay. I'm not super knowledgeable about the Bible, uh -huh. but there's a, lot of, there's a lot more times that lions are mentioned in there, too. I'm not going to go over all of them, but there's a lot. Okay. So in India, this is something I didn't know. Actually, but it's very interesting. So in India, the name Singh, you've heard that name? Singh. Singh, S-I-N-G-H. Okay. Well, it means lion, and the name is like 2,000 years old. Singh is like a title or surname used by like 36 million people in India. Wow. It's like everybody's last name in a, in like northern, northwestern India, I think. Huh. And I, I, I used Hate to work... to be the mailman there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to work at an Indian restaurant, actually, and the owners, they were named Singh. Oh, okay. I've met several other Indian people around, and Singh, 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 everywhere. So, And Singh means lion, and so I okay. didn't know that. So that was pretty interesting. All right, and then the city nation of Singapore gets its name from uh, Malaysian words. Singa means lion, and Pora means city. 
Singapore. It's the Lion City. Oh, cool. Singapore. I didn't know that. That was kind of interesting. All right. You, you'll like this one too, Dave. In ancient Greece, the Niamen lion was a vicious monster in Greek mythology. Okay, yeah. You've heard of him? Uh-huh. It was eventually killed by... Hercules. Heracles. Oh, Heracles? Okay. Yeah, not Hercules, Heracles. Heracles was known to wear the um, skin of the lion to symbolize victory over death. This lion is also represented as the constellation and zodiac sign Leo. Hmm. Which, Dave, you are a Leo. That's right. So it's going on right now, the birthdays. Mm-hmm. It's Leo month right now. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything interesting about Leos? You know, I, no, I don't know much about it. It's just, it's honestly a lot of what they say about it. It's like a lion, you know. Yeah. You're fiery and, and you're, you're, you know, you are dedicated to something kind of a thing, you know. Yeah. Powerful. It's I'm not everything it. I am, you know, it's what you, you know, come to know. But no, it's all just <laughs> like the most generic things. It, yeah, I get it. Is, but... I, I'm not a big into Zodiacs. Yeah. I don't, it's fine if people are, but. I just hate when people use it as an ex- use the symbols as an excuse for their shitty behavior. Hey, that's what I do. You know, <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I got so angry. I'm just a I'm Leo. just a Leo, and you're like, oh, screw you. <laughs> I, I had a girl. I, I remember that happening. A girl really did that. Once. Oh, really? And she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a bitch. I'm an Aquarius. I'm like, <laughs> no, you're just a bitch. <laughs> Uh, that's what she said. So I, I, ever since then, I was like, yeah, people just use that as an excuse for their shitty behavior sometimes. Yeah. If you're into it, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't matter, but I'm, I'm not, personally. Yeah. All right, so let's continue. Lion was used as an English nickname of several medieval warriors and leaders, such as Richard the Lionheart, mm-hmm. Henry the Lion... And then there were several others, too. Hmm. Do you know of any others? I can't think of any others. No. But I, there was a big list. And they're the only ones I've heard of, I think. So lions were commonly kept in a lot of menageries throughout Europe. Okay. Like, I mean, you had them in Rome all the way up to England. There were, Lions were part of menageries. Yeah. I mean, I didn't write anything down, but lions were part of the gladiator combats. Uh-huh. They used, lions was probably the most frequently one um, big animal used. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy if they can be, they were able to live almost throughout Europe then, you know, when it's a predominantly African. Well, they were in zoos with, in well, Europe. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they were Menagerie in North zoos, America. So. I mean, they lived, in, they, they lived in Northern Africa and they used to live in parts of like Greece and Turkey mm-hmm. so that you could, you could export them to other places. Yeah. All right. So the griffin is a mythical creature. With the body of a lion and the head and wings of an eagle. They symbolize various qualities such as wisdom, vengeance, strength, and salvation. It also symbolizes Jesus Christ's resurrection on the um or or Jesus so Jesus Christ's resurrection or the strength and wisdom of God. Hmm. And what's the Harry Potter thing? I'm not a Gryffindor, Gryffindor, Team Gryffindor, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a big Harry Potter guy either, but you are. You are, aren't you? So, you know. So, is that what um, Gryffindor symbolizes? All those qualities, bravery and stuff? Okay. But, Dave, there is so much more that we're just not going to be able to cover it all. That's. There's so much more about lions and culture, uh, like older ancient culture. So, let's move to more modern times. Okay. And more things we'll recognize. There's the famous MGM lion yeah. named Leo the Lion, and he has opened every one of its movies since 1929. Wow. Although there has been five different Leos oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they, that have been used as the iconic lion. Uh, the lion is the national animal for several countries and found as an emblem on numerous flags and coats of arms including the national emblem of India, Hmm. um, I think Sri Lanka, Sri Lankan elephant, I can't remember. But there's tons of, um, even like smaller states in India and stuff will have a lion. Uh, And also, the lion is a mascot for several sports teams. Uh, There's several soccer teams in Europe. Um, I'm sure there's several like high schools and colleges that have it too. But the kind of the main one is the Detroit Lions, okay. uh, the football team. And I, I did a little bit of research, and 
they seem to be pretty mediocre, or mm. they have been for the last five or so years. Oh, uh, so they're 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 the representation of uh, lines Medi- mean lazy and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm mediocrity. I'm gonna get beat up for that one. <laughs> hey, don't go to Detroit now. <laughs> no. All right, so now I have a few films I want to go over. And there are lots of famous lions in films. There's the the lion Aslan, Aslan from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Voiced by Liam Neeson. Was it? I think so. I believe so, oh, yeah. Okay. There's Then there's um, Ben Stiller voices the lion named Alex in the Madagascar oh, yeah. series. Dave's kind of look, Dave's lookalike, Ben Stiller. What? what are you talking about? You think I look like Ben Stiller? <laughs> Dave, you you also have a Paul Rudd quality look to you. I Do think. I? Yeah, oh, interesting. I, I thought so too. I had a I had a compliment this week. I, well, so a little sidebar here. Nice. Some uh, when I was working at a concert, some girls probably like. 16, 17. They're like, have you seen Stranger Things? You look like the character Bob. I'm like, I can't remember. Do you Which remember? Which Bob? Bob? Oh, was that? He's, uh... the, he's the bad guy. Oh, he's the bad guy? He's the lifeguard, right? That's Billy. Oh, well, that's what they said. Though. Okay. They said Billy. Really? I was like, all right. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> he's like, a very handsome right man. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you. You can go in for free. <laughs> but no, there was a bunch of teenage girls and they told me that. I was like, thank you very much. Nice. <laughs> he is a very handsome guy. I will take that. Nice. All right. Um, then uh, then uh, there's the, the Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you were a big fan of that, weren't you? The Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah. I never. Really you haven't heard. seen that? I've seen it. Yeah, oh, I've seen okay. it. But it's been, I mean, it's not since I was a kid. Oh, okay. But uh, I remember it, the lion, yeah. They made an awesome pinball machine. Complete side note. <laughs> but yeah, Wizard of Oz pinball machine. If you see it, play it. It is amazing. Never it's really it. good. It's cool. <laughs> it was very cleverly done. Hmm. I, so yeah, I would recommend the pinball machine. Okay. <laughs> 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 that was the voice. Huh? All right. Well,. Um, let's now talk about The Lion King. And Dave, you have not seen it. I saw it, and it was good overall. The effects are, I mean, extremely well done, the computers. They said it's live action, but it's it's not live action. No. It's all computers. You can't do live action without a human, I <laughs> Just guess. Just think of the zoo wrangling with that. Like, okay, say your line. <laughs> this lion is not cooperating. <laughs> Well, like, um, remember the Jungle Book? Yeah. I mean, that one you could say it's live action, kind of, because there's at least a human in it. Yeah, that's and true. And so that was actually filmed, but all the Lion King, there's no humans, yeah. so it's not live action. <laughs> but, I mean, the effects are extremely well done, obviously. And they made it, they made everything seem more legit to, like, lions instead of human-related. You know, like, in the cartoon, they have, like, eyebrows and they can have facial expressions. Yeah. In this film, it wasn't like that. Oh, so was it harder to then to see their emotions? Yeah, and what they're saying. Yeah, and that mm. was, and uh, that was the purpose they meant to do that, but that was criticized a lot in a lot of ways. Yeah, that'd be hard. How else are you going to see? I Simba mean, you, they be they sad, made up for it know? for like their body movements, but there's no facials because huh. lions don't really have that expressive of faces. So yeah, I, I didn't I didn't find that to be an issue. Well, that's because lions are strong. They're not going to be. They're going to be like, well, well, well. Well, at least it's a lot of facial expressions. <laughs> but uh, the, the, that was a criticism throughout the film. And, uh, but the main criticism was that it was almost exactly the same. Oh. And it was like almost a shot-for-shot um, recreation. There was um, – they did add some things and change a bit too. There was a couple new songs, I think. Hmm. Um the changes were actually my favorite part about the whole thing. Huh. The changes that they made. I really liked Timon and Pumbaa. They had new um, Joe or Seth Rogen and oh, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't I think can't of it either. But uh, they were really good. They all their a lot of their lines were new. Okay. And they were funny. And then uh, Zazu was John Oliver, and he he had a lot of new lines and oh, stuff, yeah? and so he was really good. And then the hyenas, they were actually my probably my favorite part about the movie. Oh, really? They they really did well with the hyenas in that um, Shenzi mm-hmm. was officially the leader of the hyenas. Okay. Right? And everybody knew it, which is, you know, females are in charge. 
And then you have the two other hyenas. They changed their names. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's not Bonsai and Ed. They named them more African names. Huh. The hyenas are different. They're not, like, and remember in the cartoon, they were more, like, uh, laughing stocks and treated yeah. as dimwits. Yeah. They weren't in this film. They were treated as actual, they were menacing. Okay. And that part was really good. And Shenzi actually, when at the near the end, Shenzi and Nala actually had a, standoff because they had words with each other previously and so i literally i really liked that part but a lot of the film was just the exact same Uh like all the those the ones i mentioned are the ones that stood out the most Uh because they got to do stuff different and change their lines and made things different but everyone else was the exact same honestly i think that goes to show there was no need to remake it yeah Cash grab, you could say. Yeah. That, with all should, these live action Disney ones. That. Yeah. Well, some of them, they changed. Like Dumbo was completely changed. You know, they made it completely different. Mm-hmm. But, well, not completely, because the plot's something. the same. But things, you know, what ends up happening is quite a bit different. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, this one, shot for shot, if it's the same, then pff, you got to know, yeah, there was no need to change. There was no need to redo it. <laughs> if you're, if you're not going to change anything, don't do it. And if you're... and. If you did change it, I think they knew they'd be in trouble because it was perfect the way it was. It changed a little <laughs> it's bit. It's like someone redoing Saving uh, Private Ryan. You don't do that. I know, but then if if they change too much, people would complain about that. Uh, yeah. So it's just something. Yeah, you just leave it alone. Yeah. It's it's different when they do. Not when it's gonna make a billion dollars, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand making it a musical play or something. That's different. Yeah, that's different. It's a different format, and it's and they're just as good, but. Just to remake another movie, and yeah, a lot of people, know. a lot of people felt the same way. As it only had like a fifty-three percent on oh, Rotten wow. Tomatoes. Okay, it was in the green zone. I think they're, I good. think they're really trying to send a, send a message to Disney. It's time for them to get creative right. again. Chill out. Yeah, do something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they love Lion King's a great story. Everyone loves it, but yeah, let them love that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my thought. Yeah. Well, everyone knows about the original Lion King, so I'm not going to go into detail about that. Yeah. So, Dave, let's talk about some Lion Attack movies. Ooh. First is a film called Prey from 2007. Uh, it's about, it's the story follows a mother and her two children go on a safari when they stop, get out of their Jeep, then they are attacked by lions. And their guide gets killed. Then they are stuck in the Jeep while lions are outside of it. Oh, interesting. And it sounds really cool. Um, I, I haven't seen the movie. I have. I tried to find it, but I couldn't. Uh, deja Vu, though. It sounded like an episode where we talked about that happening with a tiger at a zoo. <laughs> yeah, kind of right. Uh, I Yeah, and... Lots of people die in the movie from the lions. You know, people are trying to find them. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what happens. But the film currently has a 4.7 on IMDb out of 10. Oh, no, that's not that great. But uh, lots of reviews said it was comically bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was one, and one, review, one said, um, who knew getting chased by lions could be so boring? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess overall it was... Wasn't very good, uh, but it could be one of those late night. I've had a few drinks type of movie. Yeah, and I, I like those kind of movies a lot of the yeah. time. So the next film is a Dutch film from 2016 called Prey. Oh, again? Huh? <laughs> yeah. What are you actually? Trying to it was remake like, it? No, <laughs> it's, it's not a remake. Um, this one is very silly. It follows a killer lion. On the streets of Amsterdam. <laughs> okay, that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, and I saw. I watched the trailer for it and thought it looked pretty cool. I like, it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh-huh. So I, I'd like to watch it. Uh, one of those. It's one another one of those B movies that that are yeah. pretty fun. And uh, in the reviews, people said a lot of similar things about it. Okay, it has a five point one on IMDb. Oh, well, beat out the other one. Yeah. And yeah, review said it was bad, but in a good way. Okay. And it, so like, then they kept saying like, no, in the movie they never said how the lion got there. Like, did it escape from a zoo? Nobody knows. There's just a freaking lion in an Amsterdam. <laughs> it's like going through the sewers and just nice. kill it. Killed lots of people. Going down the red light district, I take it. <laughs> uh, 
but it, it looked it was kind of a horror comedy. It was made to be that. Well, it's okay. the the one that we first talked about was a horror movie, but it was so bad that it was funny. Okay. All right. So the last film I want to cover is absolutely insane, Dave. I don't know. You may have heard of it. Uh, I, I actually watched the movie. It's on YouTube, so anyone can see it. It's called Roar. Huh. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of that one. And it is famous for being known as the most dangerous film ever made. Really? Yeah. Like legit. It was, it was a part of their po- pro- promotional poster. What did they do? Oh, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I mean, yeah, we could probably do a whole freaking episode on this film alone. Oh. So I, I'm just going to talk about some of the main points. The film stars Noel Marshall uh, and then his then wife, Tippi Hedren. Does that name ring a bell? Hmm. She is famous for being the lead in Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. Oh, okay. So she's, she's got some star power. Uh, they were married with each other. Noel worked on... Wait, uh, so was this an old movie? Yeah, 81, okay. 81. Okay. So um, Noel, he actually worked on... He was a part of The Exorcist. In that film being made. Who was he, the priest? I don't think he was an actor. I think he was behind the scenes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Like a producer. I don't know exactly. But he worked on it. There's a lot of weird things that happened on that set, too. There was like one of the person on set later became out to be a a serial killer. Whoa. Yeah. Exorcist. There's a lot of myths and a lot of stories that happened on that set. I would not. That movie still free. I won't watch that movie. Me neither. Exorcist freaks me out. That's like, I don't like um, devil-y stuff. Yeah. I like horror movies, but I don't like devil, yeah. demon stuff. Like You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I'm not into that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so the two are married, Noel and Tippy, and uh, others in the film are their children. Uh, one of their children is Melanie Griffith. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure out where she was from either, but she's actually a very famous actress. I can I don't know what she's from, but hmm. I did a little research and I just know that she's famous. Okay. Um, the family actually had a pet male lion when they were young, so, so they like they did this whole report on one of the magazines back then about them living with a giant sized lion, huh. and like you can there's pictures of them playing with it by the pool, wow. sleeping in their bed. The lion's on top of his desk while he's working. Wow. He's just chilling there. But yeah, apparently that was a, a really good lion. But anyway, in the film, it follows Noel's character who lives on a ranch in like South Africa. And this ranch is just covered with big cats. There's lions, there's tigers, there's leopards, jaguars, there's cheetahs. All living together in like a communal farm. Wow. And this is actually real because this this was their farm somewhere in uh, Southern California. Oh, wow. Dave, uh, one, uh, there are so many animals and they're all real. All of this is live action, legit. And one at one point, there's 150 of them on set. Jeez. So many cats. And these are, and they're all and they're fighting all against along? each other. No. Oh. <laughs> they're all fighting against each other constantly. It's insane. This is why it's the most dangerous film. Jeez. So, Noel's character goes to get his family that's visiting them, but they already took a bus. And when they get to the house, nobody is home. And they have all, they are surrounded by all these big cats. I mean, the cats aren't trying to kill them or anything. Are they, they pretending them to have them they're kill just, them in the movie or? not kind of but not really like the people are trying to get away from the cats but the cats are just kind of none of them are like trying to hurt them or anything oh. uh, and it's this is supposed because this is supposed to be like a family film oh <laughs> and the story is very weird it's super weird and the script was constantly changed uh, because of the behaviors of the animals on set so they have to follow the rule oh, what the cats are doing okay. and so the plot doesn't even make sense. I don't even know if there is a plot. Oh. It's just bizarre. Interesting. I'll have to check that one out. It's on YouTube, so you can watch it for free. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just strange. Now, get this. On the set, 70 people, including some of the main stars, were injured while on set. Oh. By the animals. Some injuries were life-threatening. Oh, man. But nobody died. Uh, the film started... 
They started filming in 1976, but it wasn't finished until 1981. But their <laughs> idea started in like 71, but they couldn't get enough cats to be a part of the movie. <laughs> so no, enough. so so Nolan Tippy started bringing, getting their own, and rearing them as cubs. Oh my goodness! And it got so out of hand, like they were bringing in from all over the place, like people who couldn't no, could no longer take care of them. Uh-huh. So they was like, "Yeah, we'll take it." So they just kept accepting it until it got so out of hand. They had 150 big cats. Wow! And the cats were constantly fighting all the time on set. Um, I'm curious what they do with them after the filming. I don't huh? know what happened, but imagine feeding all of them. Oh yeah. Jeez, and Tippy, she received a fractured leg. From a scene with an elephant. Yeah, there's an elephant. There's elephants in there, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Melanie Griffith had to receive 50 stitches to her face. Oh, gee. And Noel was attacked so many times, he was diagnosed with gangrene. Oh, man. And there's one scene in the film where um, two lions are fighting, and he goes to break it up. And this is, like, legit, too, though. Wow. But they put it in the film. Oh. He's going trying to break up the lions fighting, but the lions will kind of come after him and oh scratch him up. Goodness. And you can see that his hand got is all bloody at oh, the end of it. Wow. And he just wraps it up and but it was it was real, but it was part of the film. Jeez. Like, and lots of other people were injured too and never came back out of fear, <laughs> which makes perfect sense. I wonder how many gaffers they hired. <laughs> if there was many a, it was a pretty high over turnover turnover rate. Oh boy. And there's so much more to this disaster of a film. I'll put up uh, a couple links if anyone wants to learn more about it. Uh, it was also a box office bomb, too. Hmm. It cost $17 million, paid mostly by Nolan Tippy. They paid it for everything. Wow. And the film only made back like $2 million. Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, the film has, however, become, become kind of a cult-like. It's got a cult-like following. Hmm. And it has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Sounds like it was ahead of its time then. I don't know. <laughs> this is in nobody's time. Nobody should be doing this. It's just <laughs> like, there's so, Dave, there were so many cats in every scene. It was unreal. Jeez. You have to watch it. But one review said, and this is, sums it up perfectly. Roar may not satisfy in terms of acting, storytelling, or overall production, but the real life danger makes it difficult to turn away because these everyone was literally in danger the whole time. Gee, that's Just being crazy. on set, you were in very an extreme danger. Like really, you were. Wow. <laughs> You've never crazy. heard that before? No. I wonder if that's how camera shakes got popular. Oh, look at the camera shake. That's a great way to do it. It's like, no, <laughs> the he's guy scared was for his life. <laughs> pissing his pants. And, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more to this story. Maybe we can Maybe I'll dig deeper into it some other time because okay. it's really interesting and there's a, there really is a lot more to cover. Like there was a um, a flood that happened. It, this this one was like cursed. This whole thing was cursed, you know. Wow. Uh, and there was a big flood and it destroyed the set and um, several of the lions escaped. Like five, oh. like oh, I can't remember how many, but several lions escaped and police had to actually shoot a couple of them, oh. including the main star lion. Oh, no. So this was just a disaster of a film. Wow. The whole thing. Melanie Griffith says something later. She she read, uh, she read wrote a book, and a lot of it talked about this, and oh. they say what a big mistake this whole thing was. She... But Man, yeah. She's had a rough thing, because I heard she, uh, as Alfred Hitchcock movies, she didn't like that either. Who, Tip, you're thinking of Tippy, I think. Yeah, it's the main character on, main lady on... Uh, the Birds. Oh, yeah, The Birds. Oh, yeah, yeah, Melanie Griffith's her daughter. On, uh, Wait, maybe it was maybe it was maybe psycho. they were together. Yeah, they were trying know. to make psycho, but no, I thought it was birds because they yeah, were. Yeah, Tippy had she struggled on the birds too. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of things with that. But Melanie Griffith is her daughter. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. All right, but yeah, there's so much more to this story. It, it really is insane. Uh, maybe we'll cover more, but yeah, I'll put some links up if anybody wants to watch the actual movie, and then I'll I'll put a couple links on there so you can learn more. And so, Dave, when, next week when we cover Lions of Savo, then we'll talk about the movie The Ghosts in the Darkness, okay. not this week. Okay. But, Dave, I want to finish off the episode by going over a few well-known man-eating lions. Oh. Our first lion is Charlie the White Lion. Hmm. 
He was a serial killing man-eater back in 1909 in modern-day Zambia. Charlie was believed by locals to be sent from the devil himself. Mm. In in, uh, Africa, everybody is really superstitious. Mm -hmm. It's a very superstitious country, or not country, just continent in general. Yeah. So... He eluded all manner of traps and hunters after him. This is similar to the this is similar to the Jim Corbett stories about tigers. Okay. Charlie and the same time period. Huh. Charlie eventually teamed up with two other males to form a coalition and together, Dave, they killed around 90 people. Oh wow. That's a lot. Uh he was finally shot in a gun trap. Huh. All right, the next man-eater was named Osama, after Osama bin Laden, (laughs) in that he terrorized villages. Wow. Pretty good naming there. Yeah. Uh, Between 2002 and 2004 in Tanzania, he killed men, women, and children, sometimes assisted by other lions. During his time, he became famous for man-eating and was front-page news on the Tanzanian newspapers. He was said to have killed 50 people Hmm. from eight different villages. Wow. He was shot and killed in April of 2004, and he wasn't even four years old yet. Wow. So he was super young, and um, nothing was wrong with him. Didn't have any health issues. So it was believed that his taste for human flesh came from his mother, that also hunted humans. Oh. That's another common man-eating trait is that that can happen. Interesting. Next is a lion named Msaro Monti. Uh, back in around 1929 in eastern Zambia, he had an incredible ability of detecting and avoiding traps. He could never be captured. And after killing many people, he just vanished without a trace. Wow. No number of kills exists. Interesting. Yeah. Where was he at again? He was also in Zambia. Oh. Uh, next is the Lion of Mfue. Mm. I'm pretty sure I'm right there, too. <laughs> uh, also in Zambia in the 1990s, after killing at least six people, he strutted through a village carrying a laundry bag that belonged to one of his victims. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, an American man waited in a blind for 20 nights and, until he was finally able to shoot and kill him. Hmm. And he was, uh, like the similar to the lions of Savo, was mostly maneless. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So next... All right, Dave. Next isn't just one or two man-eaters. This is a whole pride of man-eaters. Wow. They are the man-eaters of Njobe. Njobe. This pride makes the Savo lions seem small fry. Really? Oh, dude. A pride of about 15 lions from 1932 to 1947, and they were in southern Tanzania. During this time, the colonial government had reduced the number of prey animals in the area in an effort to control a rinderpest outbreak that was destroying cattle herds. So they were doing a lot of culling of the local wildlife. Mm. The hungry lions quickly settled on human flesh. Instead, they are responsible for the deaths of around... Take a guess. A hundred? Way more. 200? More. 300? You're just going to keep doing this, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep going up, up, okay, up. Okay, what is it? 1,500. Oh, my goodness. A pride of lions. And this is an estimate. They're not for That's sure. That's a whole small town. Yeah, that really is a whole small town. Gee. Yeah, 15. I mean, they were around for quite a while. So wow. So, say around from 32 to 47. So, 15 years. Wow. They attacked in day and night and would travel miles, uh, going from village to village. And they would uh, break through homes. Gee. But uh, it was said that the, these lions treated humans as their usual food. 
on the same level as zebra or wildebeest. Wow. So they would just mass murdering people then. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. In 1947, though, the pride was hunted down and killed, exterminated, all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that pretty nuts, though? That is. That's crazy. That's wish, the most we've heard of. That's the most, yeah. It's not a single animal, hmm. but it's the most that we've had, well, I guess, uh, of a single pride or a group of animals. Yeah. I, we can put it in that way. So, yeah, Gee. they're the, the winners. I mean, the Champawat tigress, if you remember, was, she was solo, and she killed 436. Yeah. And maybe there was a single lion here that did kill them. Nah, we yeah, don't, we don't know. I, there's really not a ton of information about these lions. Hmm. I just couldn't. I wanted to. I was like, oh, man, maybe I can make an episode out of these things. But there just isn't that much information out oh. there. That's weird. So there, it always happened in Zambia and Tanzania, right? Uh, Zambia, Tanzania. Did we say anywhere else? I think that was the only two. Uh, yeah, well, the, Arne- the Sava Alliance happens in Kenya. Oh, okay. So just, yeah, all over that area. So, so to lead uh, into next week's episode a little bit about the Savo man-eaters, these are the most famous man-eating lions. Uh, these are two maneless males were accused of killing and eating around 130 people. Along Kenya's Savo River. This was back in 1898, while the building of a bridge for the railroad. Hundreds of workers uh, left, uh, which halted construction. Uh, the lions were fatally killed by Lieutenant Colonel Patterson, which we'll, we'll be talking about a lot next week. Okay. Uh, this, and the bridge, after he killed them, the bridge was constructed in 1899. And this is the Ghosts in the Darkness story as well. So we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Yes. So, Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it and learned some cool new things. I I know there's a whole lot more to cover. There's a lot more pop culture references, more characters, more man-eaters, I'm sure. Mm. But uh, And also more uh, cultural and conservation. There's a lot more stuff that we're just not going to be able to cover everything. Uh, so, but I, I still feel like we have done lines of justice so far. Yeah. I've covered most of the things I want to talk about. So that's good. So yeah, next week, the lions of Savo story and maybe another story depending on the time. Okay. Uh, next week. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Kind of the, one of the, another one of the stories that in, inspired the podcast. All right. So Dave, we do have a super shout out to give. Ooh. Super shout out. Thank you, Angela De La Fuente. Angela De La Fuente. From Tucson. From Tucson. <laughs> she, well, she is the best, and this was her third time donating. Wow, right on. I guess that technically makes her our favorite listener. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I think so, too. <laughs> it's like being a, a parent or something. You have all these kids, and you're like, I love you all the same, but you do have a favorite. Yeah. Angela's probably our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Angela, thank you so much for doing that. It means a whole lot. Yeah. So, Dave, if our listeners want to help out and contribute to the show, what can they do? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something to like. It really helps us out. Um, you can also become a contributor or producer of the show by going to, you can go, (laughs) that wasn't bad. (laughs) You can go to PayPal or Venmo uh, to leave a donation. That means a whole, it means the world to us. And I I don't, we don't care if it's a dollar, a hundred dollars, anything helps. And yeah, we will love you for doing that. Uh, and I've said it before, we want to try to get some merch going. Yeah. Uh, so that would be extremely helpful. Uh, so to, uh, to do that, you can go to PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com or on Venmo on my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And all this info is going to be on the description below. Oh, and also, I, we mentioned this last week, we are looking for some new cover art. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. To possibly make merch on. like The one we have right now won't work for a t-shirt uh, like a yeah. big jaguar face that's just not we need something more simple yeah. so if anyone uh, knows who to contact or if you happen to be an artist and you can help us out that would be wonderful as yeah, well that'd be yeah. really cool make two jaguar one moon or something like that you know what <laughs> you ever heard of two wolf one moon no or one there's a one wolf two moon no, i can't remember i'll have to show you that shirt anyway right. do jaguar instead <laughs> 
All right. And also, to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us a cool animal-related story. Uh, if uh, you or someone you know, uh, or you want to suggest an episode idea, or if you just want to ask a question or say hi, please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook. Also, help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Word of mouth is kind of the best way to get uh, podcasts going. Tell them we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all the ones we need to be on. Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. Well, I guess we gotta ask the Colonel Cheetor here. Man, I hate lions. Lions suck. Boo, lions. Yeah, (laughs) we know you don't like lions. Sorry, buddy. But this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends, be a part of building us up, and we will see you next week. Bye.